0: Facts, feelings, needs, and requests. Those are four powerful things in a conversation uh, that Joy Strong discussed with me today. Really interesting deep stuff and having nonviolent communication with people that um, creates a positive outcome. You know, my guest, Joyce Strong, is just an incredibly wonderful, kind, giving, caring soul. Uh, Joyce is just pure joy. And I think you guys are going to see that, listen to that in our conversation today. And I hope there's a lot of takeaways, and primarily that goodness exists. It exists everywhere. You just have to see it. You have to want to see it. Be a part of it. There is a lot of divisiveness and hate that can be out there, that is out there. But I'm telling you, there's more joy than ever if you allow yourself to see it. I hope you guys see that. Enjoy strong. Enjoy the conversation we had today. Nice to see you. Nice to see you, too. You know what? You always have this very positive vibe that I just love. It's amazing. Uh,
1: thank you. Thank, well, you, too. I'm um, excited to talk with you. I've been listening to your podcast and all that. You have such a nice variety of people you speak to.
0: <laughs> thank you. Yeah. I, um, you know, it's funny. I just enjoy connecting with people who are doing different things. They don't have to be you know, doing what I'm doing professionally. I just enjoy learning about people.
1: Yeah, I can see that. I can see you know it's it, it there, um well from the ones I've listened to so far, so mm-hmm. for sure.
0: So tell me a little bit about your life before all these podcasts and all the things you're doing. Where are you from? I don't think we've talked about that. Where'd you grow up?
1: And are we recording now?
0: We are recording. Okay, yes.
1: awesome. So, um well, I grew up in Massachusetts near Boston, um let's see, I don't know how far back you want me to go. Um us go uh,
2: back. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so yeah, I grew, up, I grew up in the city in uh, Somerville, and so right mm-hmm. outside of Boston, and I'm um, uh, one of four kids. And uh, I think uh, something that impacted me a lot was the fact that my father quit his, he was a machinist, and he quit mm-hmm. his job and put a machine shop in our basement. Um, so this is a three, what we call a it was a three family. in Somerville, it was at one time the um, densest city in the country. Hmm. Um, it was a lot of, a lot of three deckers, we call them.
0: Yeah, three,
1: yeah. And our house was three families, but it was not a flat three decker. Anyway, he put the machine shop in the basement. So from a very young age, I saw my parents working as a team at their own business. And even as a kid, I was either involved in the bookkeeping or running a drill press or a <laughs> lathe or some kind of a machine. So I I always had I, – I, I think from then it made it really hard for me to be employable because um, I always had that model of do, do your own thing. Right. Um, they were very successful with their business, a lot more successful than, than I have been overall. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so from, from there – and my father always taught me um, – he taught me – he taught me a few really good lessons. And one is, you know, he was, you know, find out what you're good at and do that. You know, really it, it's what you love, but what you're good at, what are your mm-hmm. skills and um, go in that direction. Um, That's interesting.
0: I think, cause um, I had this discussion, Joyce, not too long ago with somebody about, yeah. um, you know, about passion, like doing something you're passionate about, but maybe yeah. doing something that maybe you're more skilled and actually, and like what do you put your effort towards yeah Uh, you know like and so it sounds like that's kind of similar to what you're just saying well I
1: recognized a lot of my aptitudes that you know certain things I'm good at like fine motor I can be very you know I had certain aptitudes and when you I think when you fulfill those you feel good and I also recognized some 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 of my talents that were being stifled that I'm Mm. good at like I worked So I I went from there to operating, I went to college at Tufts and then at Simmons, I got my nursing degree at Simmons and I got a uh, um, a degree in biopsychology at Tufts. Um, So I did a lot of education. I was one of the first people in my family to do formal education, but um, I I started running a medical transcription company kind of by default Mm -hmm. because it was a way to work from home and make money better than nursing. Yeah. um, but I was in front of a computer just pounding out production work and not interacting with people that much. Um, and so at one point I felt like a pressure cooker because I, 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 I'm, I like to be like you to get to know people. I just like mm-hmm. people. I'm just fascinated with how did you get to where you're at? Like just wanting to find out. About human behavior, so at, at, and that's when I finally broke free from that business and went into um, getting back to nursing, and then eventually to coaching.
0: What do you think you've learned most about human behavior in your time on the planet? Like, what if, what if, what are some mm-hmm. things you've learned?
1: Um, uh, a lot of surprises. A lot mm. of. Yeah, I'm often surprised at how a person gets to where they get. And um, so, what
0: way? What do you mean?
1: Um, just things I wouldn't have predicted by my own limited experience, like my idea of the story I'm telling myself based on these facts, the shoulds, you know, like women should do this, men should do that, fathers should do, you know, like people should mm. do what I think because it's my box. Right. And, um and I've learned that people think very differently than me, and so am trying to figure that out. Uh, I'm trying to think of a, a a tool in particular. I guess Brene Brown talks about it a lot. The mm-hmm. story on myself. We we or there's a book called The Art of Possibility by the Zanders, and they talk about um, how to how we create a, our reality based on some you know little pixels, some little points. And we put the story together ourselves, so um, I think that's what I—I'm surprised because I don't know—I don't know your history. So I, how you came up with the story, with your story, based on the same set of facts is fascinating. Hmm.
0: Interesting. And you were going to sort of expand upon that. Other things you've learned about people.
1: Um, yeah, a little bit disappointed sometimes i feel um yeah disappointed or frustrated when i see um i you know things like when people lie the first time something happens when somebody's lied to you or somebody has done something to hurt you I'm, i'm always very sad by that and confused um one of the things that has helped me with that is um, isn't the uh, tool of nonviolent communication. Mm-hmm. So that I can, rather than immediately jump to judgment, I can try to connect with what's alive in that person and understand from their perspective. Um, but I have to say that my initial feeling is one of, of you know, deep hurt, like confusion yeah. and hurt. Yeah.
0: So how do you jump into the nonviolent communication? I, th- I think it's a good thing to expand upon because I think all of us have kind of that feeling, you know, we get disappointed by people when they lie or maybe have behaviors that we expect them to behave differently. So how do you move forward in that nonviolent communication? How do you proceed in that after having that feeling?
1: Well, I think of it as for like the training wheels, I call it, of, of non-violent communication is first of all, make an observation without a judgment. So mm-hmm. you just look at the facts. So for example, it could be, um, it could be something like you, um, told me you were going to be here at a certain time and you didn't come, you, you know, didn't show up. So right. I could, I, I, that's just facts. You said you'd be here at two, and, it's right. two 30 and you're not here. So I'm not saying you're always late or, you know, you stood me up or I'm just saying it's, you came half an hour late. That's a fact. Then the right. second, so that from the first state, the facts, the second is recognize how I feel. Mm-hmm. Now, if I say I'm disappointed, that's just another way for me to say you disappointed me.
2: Yeah. And
1: that's a judgment. So I don't want to go in that direction. I want to say maybe I was scared. I thought maybe you got an accident or... I was confused, like why, you know, maybe I got the the time wrong, or maybe you got the time wrong.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but basically, it's just my feeling, not any backhanded judgment on you. So I go from the facts to my feeling, and then I have to identify what, what I need to to deal with that feeling. So I need to know if you're going to be late, that, that you call me and let me know, because I don't want to be worried about you. That's my initial feeling is I'd be worried something happened because you're dependable. You would never be late. Right. So, you know, something like that. So I make a re- I, I make a um, I identify what my need is and then it extends to the fourth step, which is to make the request. So I don't demand you need to come on time. I, right, say, right. I say, would you be willing? Would you, know, would, would you help me out with this? And I make a request because I can't tell anybody what to do. So, life-changing uh, for me to de- be able to, to deal with um, um, really challenging situations.
0: So, I'm going to summarize, so fact, feeling, need, request, Yeah. sounds like that. That's really yeah. good. That's something like yeah. you sh- like to write down, you know, uh, yeah. get the facts, explain your feelings, you know, need, and then make a request.
1: Yeah I and mean, that's really
0: advanced I would say though for a lot of people it's very difficult to have that mindset going into it.
1: It is because we're not really raised with that and you know we such yes. a you know we're so good at getting on Facebook or on social media and tweeting some judgment or name calling that kind of stuff and it just has no place for connecting at the heart you know with what's alive in the other person. So
0: it's 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 interesting because I um you know, I was reading this one book, it was called The uh, Opposite of Hate. I'm not sure if you've heard of it, but I my haven't. wife, it's an interesting book, Joyce. Um, my wife gave it to me because she said, I think, you know, you're so interested in people yeah. and how they think. And it's really, it's fascinating. I can't remember the, remember the name of the author, but she is uh, basically a Democratic-leaning analyst on Fox News. Okay. Which is very fascinating. Yeah. And, and how <laughs> oh, she right of course. Right. Yeah, yeah. And how she basically gets along with her very conservative um, co host and things of like that. But she wanted to explore kind of the why people hate each other on social media. Yeah. And they're definitely her thing was essentially they're not doing fact feelings need request. It yeah. is this spewing of hatred because of somebody's maybe how they lean politically, things of that nature. So she actually, what I thought was fascinating, she actually ended up getting the phone numbers, information of the people who were trolling her the most on Twitter, things of that nature. Mm -hmm. And she called the people and she talked to them and she found out some very strange information, which was when she asked them why they were being so hateful, they said they were bored. Um, (laughs) I know, right? Yeah. And they also thought that she really wouldn't read any of the stuff. So it just was out there and they didn't think it would matter to her if they were being mean to her on social media. So and as she started talking to these folks, she realized that they were really nice people, but they just didn't have a lot of purpose in their life. So being on social media and creating this violent, verbally violent behavior was their way of like I need attention. I don't have anything going on. I'm just gonna be mean because I don't know what else to do. Yeah. And maybe they haven't. They weren't like you said. Probably weren't taught those behaviors like many of us growing up. You
1: know. Yeah, that makes sense. And you know, when you think about it, and just wanting some stimulation or attention, there's a need being un- unmet there. So. Um, and that falls back to, and and I should probably say that nonviolent communication is Marshall Rosenberg's work. So if any of the listeners want to follow up and get more information, just Google yeah. Mar- Marshall Rosenberg and uh, learn more about nonviolent. And that was that technique of communicating was um, based on warring nations. So ma- I think oh. maybe the news person was. Um, Was using nonviolent communication by just saying, "Huh, I'm confused." You know, you did this, and I feel confused. Would you be Mm -hmm. willing, you know, in the the request, tell me why? So she didn't make any, and she didn't judge. She just asked. So that's nonviolent communication.
0: So do you find yourself using that pretty regularly in your life, or is it something that's not common for you to use?
1: Oh, all the time. I use it all the time. Um, I not always successfully. Sometimes I, you know, I fall <laughs> there, You know, I'm I'm human. But I really, I really try. Or if I notice that I got judgy, I try to back it, you know, back it off, apologize, and say this is really, you know, not what I meant. And I use it a lot in my practice as well because often people come to me for health, nutrition, weight loss mm-hmm. things like that. But it isn't about the food. It's often about their lifestyle and their method of coping or not coping or getting their needs met. And so they'll be stressed. They'll come in and say, I'm stressed and my work is bad or my relationship is bad or I have k- teenage kids and that's not going well." <laughs> so whatever, yeah. you know, if I can help them improve their communication to get their needs met, mm-hmm. then the stress level goes down. So communication is huge in my practice for supporting the, the bigger picture
0: why do you think so many people so many people's needs aren't being met
1: i think we don't know how to ask for it um just the simple act of asking for help is hard i know it's hard for me to say you know for me to reach out and say hey darren would you be willing to come on my podcast that's huge for me i'm so afraid you're going to say no (laughs) and then i've got all my Limiting beliefs from childhood of oh uh, he doesn't want to talk to me, I'm just me, you know
0: yeah
1: yeah, um, or reading things into it. So just the act of asking um, is hard.
0: Is it so is, you feel like it's the rejection element of it for asking? maybe if I ask somebody to help me, or they'll judge me on asking them about something that's very personal or they'll so just say no to me. And mm-hmm. that will hurt my feelings. Is it a combination of both? What do you think it is?
1: I think, for, well, for me, I'm afraid I'll be judged. You know, oh, if I ask this, this is a stupid question. Mm-hmm. Um, or I'll be ignored, which would hurt. Mm. Or I'll be told no. Um, and then I'll create some story around that. So a no might just mean that the person is helping so many people and like to yeah. help just don't have enough bandwidth but I could interpret it to be something like it's because of me personally.
0: Right, right. It's- my dogs are making their first appearance on my podcast. <laughs> they everybody knows this. It happens a couple times. <laughs> I have a huge great dane and I swear like every little tiny thing this guy hears he goes nuts and then all of a sudden he just takes a nap. Then you guys <laughs> will go funny. back to it.
1: Well, I have my granddog visiting right now who's upstairs, so he might make an appearance and I have roosters outside the door. So Roosters? Oh, yeah, chickens and roosters. So, but the roosters that's, get really loud.
0: That's yeah. amazing. How long have you had that? Because my wife had chickens and roosters, um, when i met her like 16 years ago and i thought it was like the craziest weirdest thing honestly <laughs>
1: yeah a couple years now they're fun i mean but they poop on the porch and just, <laughs> <laughs> they, they go places they're not supposed to go and
0: <laughs> so are they like freely roaming or how's it work well they're right?
1: in it they have a kennel but i mean a uh-huh. coop but they um but they're right now they're running around the yard yeah
0: Oh my gosh, um, that's amazing! sometimes
1: they know if I'm on a podcast, on a show, they'll come right up to the door and <laughs> in and
0: in. yeah. <laughs> it's fun. So actually, it was funny. I uh, I had another um, person on the other day, and I said, "Do you have these like very polished podcasts?" She's a it's a strong runner chick, Megan yeah. Flanagan. It's pretty cool. And she's like, "No, I just kind of let it be. Sometimes stuff comes around in the background here and there." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm kind of the same. Yeah. <laughs> just kind of I don't know something about the rawness." Of living, the imperfections of living is is very fascinating to me. Yeah,
1: that's my style as well. I mean, that's why I'm. I was like, gonna go put a dress on, and I was like, no, yeah. go to the gym after this. I'm gonna go <laughs> stay in my gym clothes.
0: <laughs> of course, but um, you know, getting back to what you're saying, I think you know the um the story that we tell is very interesting to me. Yeah. I would love for you to expand upon that because I think sometimes people tell that story, and it kind of takes on a life of its own, you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I've been working really hard at um, like I have a, a journal and I write down mm-hmm. um, some of the things that I'm going to be doing for that day. But I start off with some intentions of um, things I'm practicing staying in my head because I'm trying to rewrite some scripts. So as a person who does coaching and nutrition coaching i'm a, an rn but i i'm fee for service so i don't take insurances mm-hmm. and i've changed my business up a lot recently to be you know more online and also um not selling as much product as i used to sell I used to make money on selling product and i wanted mm-hmm. to move away from that and be just more coaching so it's really changed things a lot and it's put us into a just a little bit of a financial pin
2: mm-hmm. and
1: um and as a child growing up we didn't have a lot of money so i still carry a lot of those ideas and i heard i heard this on somebody else's podcast her mantra was money flows e- easily and freely to me <laughs> so <laughs> so i've been practicing saying that writing it down but saying it through the day things i want to become true because that will lift my energy and and bring those things to me and Change my belief system. I'm certainly if I believe that I'm not good at generating income, I won't mm-hmm. be. I'm telling. I'm I'm basically writing my story by my thoughts. Um, same thing when I learned to play hockey. I you know I bra- I raised my kids and they all could skate and I still I could stand up, but that was it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I had to say I'm a hockey player. I'm an athlete,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: then I became one. So I had to really believe it, even though. The in if you saw me then and saw, see me now, it's big difference. <laughs> there are many, 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 many hours on the ice going around in circles. But, um, so I had to say it
0: and interesting. So, um, I would love to see video of you playing hockey, honestly. Yeah, that would be, be amazing. Video of
1: me playing. I have some video of me skating, I'll, I'll show, I'll send it to you. There's a little bit on YouTube. I have a channel called Strong Dynamics, so there are some um episodes in there of me of me coaching Um, wow
0: that's pretty cool i love that tell me a little bit about your podcast um i really love the idea and uh, i had fun being on it by the way it was really cool i think podcasters are a great group of people help each other out and uh very it seems like a very positive um community but tell me a little bit about yours
1: so, I actually have more than one. I'm I, um, and they're all fairly new. So, um, totally well is the show that you came on, mm-hmm. and that got born from local access TV. Um, in fact, I just posted your video uh version yesterday, right? Um, so, that will ultimately air in the local TV uh for us and Groton Channel. Um, but I went there and asked to record an episode of Confident Women Consortium, which was a live event I was doing, Mm -hmm. to bring community together to help people boost confidence. And they said, sure, we'll record it. Do you want to do a TV show? (laughs) And I was like, You're like, whoa. (laughs) And that's how it was born. So after I did about 60 episodes of the show, it occurred to me, it's really a podcast. Mm -hmm. I need to shift it into that. So I've been taking all those old episodes and putting them into my podcast and then interweaving new ones like with with you as right. I get to meet people. And then I get used to the technology. And it's just basically been um, interviewing people who have anything to do with health, wellness, fitness, personal development, and helping people. So you don't have to be famous to be on my podcast. Yeah, exactly. Um, I want it to help. I want to help, you know, all, uh, rising tide lifts all boats. Is that what they say? Mm-hmm. So I want to help everyone around me who's helping people. So we can all, you know, help each other. And I realized as I started doing that, instead of being competitive with people, how good I felt.
2: Mm. Um,
1: So all different, you know, from hockey coaches to personal trainers to chiropractors, um, essential oils, uh, whatever, you know, people have different ways of approaching it. I don't always mesh completely with their thinking, but I don't have to. Tell me a little,
0: what do you think, what do you mean by that? Tell me, explain that a little bit more.
1: Well... I have my own knowledge base and science and experiences on say weight loss or nutrition.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: somebody might come in and say they have this other way of doing things, maybe I using a product or maybe they do intuitive eating or, you know, they mm-hmm. do other kinds of approaches to it. And I might, that might not work for me. It might not be something I teach, but they're talking to some people and they're helping. And so rather than go, Argumentative or butt up against them, mm-hmm. I just get curious and want to know, and I try to pull the best of what they have to say about it um, to just help them get their message out. So it's it's instead of uh, some of some, I mean, I don't I don't like to have people on that I I think are dangerous or that, that mm-hmm. are
0: dangerous. Yeah, yeah yeah.
1: But if they're in the realm of what I think can be helpful or a baby step in the right direction. I want to know about it. I want to be familiar with it and I want to support them.
0: Has it been, uh, what's been the most challenging aspect of it so far?
1: Of the of of podcasting. The pod- yeah.
0: And the show, TV show, all that stuff.
1: Yeah. Um, I really, it's been super easy. I mean, yeah. the TV station is five minutes from my house. The software, I'm sort of a tech. Person, anyway, so you know, compare and stare method, but I'm I think I have an aptitude for it, so it hasn't really Mm -hmm. been hard to do. I'm not trying to be perfect, I'm doing you know, really simple. I'm a one person show, so Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I'm doing all the production, all the post production, I'm doing you know, the scheduling, everything. And I look at people that do these polished things, they have a team. I don't, it's me, yeah.
0: Me too. Um, Same thing. Just me.
1: Yeah. So I don't find it challenging at all. I think, you know, maybe just enough hours in the day. But usually people want to come on the show. Mm-hmm. I'm not like pushing to try to, you know, although I have had people who are very well known come on
2: mm-hmm. and
1: successful. Um, that, that's been, a, you know, it hasn't been a criteria for me uh, to, to uh, say you have to have, we you have to have so many followers for you to qualify to be on my show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. There is definitely that, that element. A bit of a turnoff to me when I hear that.
0: I I feel the same way. There's definitely that element. I think some shows it's like, well, they want to have as many people as possible listen to it. Yeah. You know, they want to have as much engagement as possible. I think always my approach is, you know, let's grow slowly. Let's let's uh, get the right people, the quality yeah. people involved. And I think we're kind of a shifting and somewhat of a deal where now people are saying like, well, who is my audience? And even if it's not a lot of people, is it the right people who are really loyal, um, who really love the content, and are they're not purposely trying to become viral per yeah. se? Yeah. You know, those things just kind of happen when they happen if, it, if it's a thing, you know. But, uh, but to purposely push it for that I think is an interesting Kind of
1: weird way of looking. Yeah, there. I spent so much of my life hide hiding behind something else to promote me. Like when people have a product, like an essential oil or a protein uh-huh. product, and they sell that or a program, they sell, but they're like an MLM, yeah, multi-level marketing. And I want to just like move that product away and say, I want. I don't want to know the product. I want to know you. You know, and that's what I. I I'm finally. Take me as I am. It's me. (laughs) I'm 66 years old. I've been around the sun a few times. And um, take me as I am. I have some wisdom, you know, and I'm not, I don't want you to love me because I'm selling X, Y, or Z. I want you to love me for me.
0: We are literally similar souls, Joyce. I, I knew that very early knowing you. I love to, maybe excuse the harsh word, divorce the product from the person all the time. Yeah. And people will approach me with that and with things. I'm like, listen, I I really don't want to know about that, honestly. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I really, I don't know. I could look it up. I could check it out. I said, but I don't know exactly. you. So right. yeah. I'm kind of thinking like, what makes you tick? What is your compass? And I think it kind of goes back to that story, like we we're talking about. And you're saying the, the story people tell themselves. Sometimes they tell themselves this story that, I am this product.
1: Yeah. I am this thing. Yeah. I just interviewed a woman who was doing that. She represented a product, but she never said the product name. But all the way through, whenever I asked her a question, she said, well, we have that. She was, she always spoke with that word, "we." we. And at the end, she, she honestly asked me for feedback. And I said, I wanted to hear more about I, you know, what you had.
0: What's funny is that, well, what's interesting is that she wanted your feedback, actually, I know. about it. I thought that was if, I don't know, I, that surprises me that she, she was that. not
1: super young. She's not as old as I am, but she mm-hmm. she had some maturity to her that um, I think she's right on the edge of realizing it. And mm-hmm. I said, if you're asking me, I'm going to tell you the truth. And she asked for the truth. and I And, and so I told her, I said, I don't think you need this. I don't think you need this product. Yeah, she's all she's bought into this. To the know, product.
0: To the wholesale.
1: Yeah. She's bought into the community, the product. And from my experience, it's one of those products that's gonna come and go pretty quickly.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and so and it isn't the best in my opinion. It's not a better thing to do than whole food and using <laughs> you, know, you know, it's it's it approaches that, but it still is dependent on the product and her selling that brand rather than her own brand.
0: Do you, I mean, uh, I'm dying to ask you this, actually. This is why I like doing these things, because it it creates a thought, an idea that grows. And you're talking about this, I'm listening to you, and then I start thinking about these products, you know, and do you think that most of those type of products are flash in the pans or that there's some legitimacy to a lot of those things? What's your take on it?
1: I think a lot of them are, are well, it, it really depends because there are some products that are made of ingredients that can be helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, but they don't they don't solve the bigger problem.
0: If you're looking for high quality, zero THC CBD products palmorganics.com is your place. Go to the show notes and any episode of Dr. D's social network and put in the code Dr. D for 10% off all products.
1: Change. It doesn't fix the problem, which is you don't know how to cook. You don't manage your schedule. You don't sleep well. It doesn't give people ways to fix that. Um, they're more focused on the food, the the proximal cause, rather than the um, the the bigger picture of it's complicated and many. That's why it's hard. So we want a quick solution, and it's not a quick solution.
0: Yeah. Have you ever had? Um... I guess I'm going to dive deeper on this. Have you ever had a guest on the show where you're like, you're doing the show yeah. and you're like, this isn't going well. I don't feel like this is going well. Have you ever had that?
1: Um, not exactly. I've had some after the fact where I, I actually took one down that I had initially posted. It kind of got a little, it just scared me a little bit. Hmm. Um, During the show, I mean, some are more exciting than others. Like some, I just the time just flies by. Mm-hmm. Others, I feel like mm, it, I'm really searching for something to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: I, you know, it's funny you mentioned that. I think I have prided myself on being very transparent on my podcast. Podcast, and I, I could be totally honest. Like, there's, there's times I feel like that. Yeah. On, like uh it's good it's still good it's just that um it's just like you got to have some you got to have somebody to play with right somebody yeah. wants has to want to play with you on your podcast yeah. <laughs> and it, I make it very childlike I mean, maybe I'm like a kid Maybe I haven't matured too much but <laughs> there's got to be some level of playing like hey I asked you something we kind of we're because it really it's just a conversation at least for yeah. my element I just like having a conversation I ask questions but I, I like, I don't care if people ask me questions. Like, that's fine. You know, like, it's just a conversation, a back and forth. But sometimes I think it's hard if people don't give you a lot. Yeah. Like, you're pulling. Sometimes
1: people are nervous. Like, but I, and I've heard this a lot. Pe- people say this often to me that I do a good job at putting people at ease.
2: Yeah. So,
1: especially when I'm in a live one, I do a lot of mine in the studio live and I can right. see the person is sitting so tense. And I'll try to pull their chair closer to mine. I'll put my hand on their hand. <laughs> or their, I really try to calm them yeah. down. I'll ask. I'll say, are you nervous? And then I'll give them a little coy, you know, like, mm-hmm. like it's cool, you know. Then we yeah. just have coffee. You know, we're just hanging out. It's just fun.
0: Yeah, just forget that it's kind of a whole production and thing going yeah. on. In In the
1: studio, too, it's like the big cameras and the light. Yeah, yeah. It feels a little bit more intimidating in there. But usually people will say, thank you, you really calm me down. And they'll realize I'm not there to grill them or challenge them. I'm just trying to like, hey, let's, like you said, I love what you said. Let's play. Let's have fun.
0: We're just playing. We're having a conversation uh, with it. So what do you think, where do you see your shows going? What do you have, like a vision for it or an idea? Where do you think these things are going?
1: I really don't know. I mean, I'm I'm trying to just get in front of more people, share other people's ideas. I didn't even mention the other the other show I'm doing is Rock Bottom Syndicate, mm-hmm. and that one is about an opportunity for people to tell their story. I believe that when a person has had tough times and they have an a, a, a opportunity to tell their story, it's healing and it helps others. So, for example, yesterday I posted. Um, this is my 15th anniversary from breast cancer surgery, um, and what my roommate from the hospital texted me and said, you know, this is our 15th. This today's our 15th anniversary. She tested me yesterday, so I posted about it, yeah. and all, and I got the opportunity for me to say it felt good. And then I got all these acknowledgements and that felt good. And it's just, you just can't tell your story enough. I think it's really healing. So that's what that one is about. And I think it can help with suicide prevention and depression and just saying, hey, I can't fix your problem, but I can sit here in the dark night of your soul and we can just sit together and you can tell me about it. And maybe you've recovered from it and you can also, like with me, I ended up with a long conversation on a person who was going through breast cancer surgery and chemo right now who um, needed somebody to talk to. So from my posting that, I was able to provide that ear, listening ear for somebody. So I hope it's make, helping me make friends, get you know get get just show people, you know just getting, giving an opportunity for people to get to know me and my personality. and then all the people I talk with, like you, having people say, here's who Darian Parker is, and this is his podcast, and this is what he does, and they see you in action, and I think, you know, the, the universe takes over from there.
0: Yeah, I think you're right about that, definitely, that's true, it just kind of, it's weird, it's kind of, you put something out, and you just kind of don't know where it goes, Yeah, you know, it kind of just, it's floating out there, and some, some, it's doing something for somebody, and, but you're kind of like not aware of like the tethers, the tentacles.
1: You're not. Uh, no, no. People who messaged me yesterday after that post, I was like, I had no idea that, you know, that I touched them and the way like some of the comments that they made. And I, you know, it's the same thing raising kids, right? I have five kids and I'll, I'll be dead long before, you know, any of the, the accolades come. <laughs> so. <laughs> You know, it's like, or some famous painter that never, you know, they're famous now. Yeah. They never sold anything while they were alive. Right, right. That what you did, you did your best and you you put it out there. That's also one of the things I thought, how sad it would be if there was no, I don't like to get my picture taken because I don't Mm. look, I I feel like I'm an eight year old kid inside. (laughs) And so when I look at myself, I'm shocked. I'm like, where did my grandfather (laughs) come from? Um, but I wanted that for my kids and grandkids to have some recordings of me. I mean, why not? And pictures of me and hear my voice when I'm gone. So. Wow.
0: Well, you know what? I never thought about it that way. That is, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm thinking about that for myself, like my daughter who's eight, like she's going to have all these podcasts of yeah. me talking with people. She'll always have me you know, when I'm gone, you know. And
1: Yeah, I've got a that's... picture of, up, behi- up behind the camera of my grandmother, who I was very close to. She was Meme, so I'm Meme to my grandkids. Right. And I so much wish I had pictures of her talking and saying things that I could, because I remember a lot, you know, a lot yeah. of, of what was in her as me. But um, yeah, it'll be great for your daughter.
0: I think those things are amazing. I, uh, I didn't think about that, but I did think I, um, a lot of people take pictures of their kids, you know, a lot of, you know, and uh, uh, I definitely have done that, but I've created like this big drop box full of all of my daughter's pictures from birth all the way, you know, I wanted to, all the way through 18, I'm creating mm-hmm. this kind of portfolio and um, I'm going to give it to her when she's 18. And and just her entire life. And then every year we do an annual video where she stands in front of kind of the same door and she says, I'm Anna Rose Parker. And then I said, tell me what you're into right now, you know? Yeah. And so I want to, right. I want to put those videos all together, like in a row. And, and she could see how different she looks every single video as she gets older all through it. And I think that's, that's kind of like my contribution on that level was like, I Because, you know, I don't remember, I remember pictures of myself seeing myself from my family photos and stuff, but, like, how cool would it be to, like, actually watch yourself aging as from a child up to an adult on a video? That's the gift of the technology we have in in many ways, to be able to do things like that.
1: Yeah, that's spectacular. I have so few pictures of myself as a child, so, you know, it's, I guess it's, in some ways, it's good. I can, I can invent.
0: (laughs) 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 Yeah, you can say, well, this is what it would was like, I guess, you know, type of thing, <laughs>
1: yeah. you know,
0: but I never thought about the angle of like the voice, you know, from the podcasting, like your kids are going to have that. Yeah, know? their kids are going to have that, you know, and you have to hear Joy Strong. Whole yeah. time, and know? the
1: stuff we say here, I'm sure we say, you know, just in general, it's our beliefs and our, you know, the um, so, yeah. They'll have that to look back on and remember me, and I know I, I know how much how important my grandmother was to me. So mm-hmm. um, that feeling of love that you know would come through, and I can imagine it now, looking at a still picture. But uh, she was a pretty funny lady. She uh, she. You think she influenced
0: you quite a bit in your she life. She did.
1: Yeah, she did. She used to spend time on the old sewing machine with the foot pedals that you'd pump with. Yeah, the foot pedals. yeah make little doll clothes, and she just spent time with me, and it was simple, simple stuff, Um, but little things like buttering my toast, and she'd cut up the toast into sections and call them, of course, she's from, she was born in 1899, so she'd cut them up into little soldiers, (laughs) and I would eat my toast, my little soldiers, and the terminology that I still remember, Um, yeah. 1899? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, lived to a hundred. She lived to a hundred.
0: What do you now? What do you uh what, do? You attribute that to like genetics and lifestyle. What do you think that was? A hundred years old. I that's think amazing. Good
1: genetics. Her lifestyle wasn't great. She ate a lot of junky stuff. Um, but back then they didn't have processed food. You know, mm-hmm. so later, um. I think she also. Uh, I, I. don't. I'm single. I was divorced a long time ago, and I went through phases of uh, I gotta, you know, get a boyfriend, and, and mm-hmm. I. I, I start thinking my grandmother, and she had a boyfriend, and I was like, "Mammy, why don't you get married to this guy?" And and uh, she's like, "So I can do his laundry and I can cook for <laughs> him." And bring to him. Like no way, and she's just really happy with herself. And so I had that, you know, I think really, and she also said, um, be flexible and, and, you know, be happy. She really worked at being happy and just kind of going with the flow, being flexible. So I think that was low stress and low expectations, just kind of accepting life as it was. And so, wow, that's
0: amazing. I think people, at at least myself, like when somebody lives that long, you know, people want to know, how did they do it? What yeah. was, what was their whole lifestyle? Like you said, you're like, well, you know, genetics plus, you know, she didn't eat the best and all stuff, whatever. Yeah.
1: But. She wasn't a, she wasn't a drinker. She wasn't a smoker.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, you know, she probably had a good foundation because they didn't have all the processed food, but, right. um, but you know, more natural foods. And I, I think a lot had to do though with her, you know, her connection with her family. She had 17 grandkids, you know, wow. maybe one and, um, yeah five of her own kids and so I think just close family a sense of purpose she was always at somebody's house babysitting somebody's kids or cleaning somebody's house she always had some. she was needed Um,
0: I don't think we talk enough about I think in in our field kind of this wide-ranging field of health and wellness we talk a lot about eating we talk a lot about exercise we're talking more about sleep these days different things the conversation to me needs to turn to purpose, needs to turn to a sense of community, and yeah. that we're looking for this this bullet that's in exercise, nutrition, all. That, and those things are very important, but it's it's like we're it's like we're purposely pushing aside. Well, we don't we really don't really need to talk about like having low stress by where you live and how you feel about your community and and the 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 love you have in your life and the purpose. But I, I've always been a huge proponent that those are gigantic elements to your longevity and your health.
1: Yeah, yeah. I had a woman come today. I have the uh, inbody body comp machine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so she came by and I have one here at the house and it was convenient for her to come here. So she came to my house, complete stranger, and she was like, well, my insulin resistance and my leptin level is blah, blah, blah. and she's go- And she's a physician assistant. So she's going into all the details of all this data and I've been on this diet and this, and I'm eating 800 calories and I'm eating mm-hmm. the, no fat. And I'm, 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 my head was like ready to blow up. <laughs> I was like, every cell in your body is listening to what you're saying. <laughs> and I was like, and we haven't even talked about stress. And if you like your job and mm-hmm. I, even if you're coping with it, every cell in your body is listening and it is going to outsmart you every, you know, your body's going to do what it thinks It needs to do to help you survive. And on top of that, she was nearly perfect in her dimensions. You know, her body fat wasn't bad. It was a little over, but not bad at all. But she had this perception of losing muscle and losing bone. And I'm like, I don't know who's selling you this stuff, woman. But (laughs) yeah, uh, yeah. So I, I think she really needs to go out and eat how many calories she needs to not lose weight or gain weight. And she needs to start getting her body to trust her in all those different yeah. ways. Maybe she's not happy in a relationship. We didn't right. even go there, right? There's something missing and your body knows.
0: Yeah, and I think a lot of things for people, what's missing is the purpose in their life, the sense of belonging, the sense of um, mm. productive social emotional connection. Yeah. in their life. You know, I think as people age, I think they start learning more about hopefully that um the quality of your relationships, the people you're around, the love you have in your life are is are hugely essential to your personal well-being and yeah. your longevity. But I feel like sometimes and I love science and stuff, but I feel like sometimes science it overlooks that aspect because it's not often something you could measure and touch and prod with a caliper. You know, yeah. like we did this study on, you know, how much people love each other and stuff. And it's like they want something that's so tangible that you could pick up off of a desk. And I'm always a big proponent of like, just believe it. Just love it. If you have love, like, like if you have a lot of people loving you in your life that just really love you, care yeah. about you. I mean, you're, you're living a pretty good life. I mean, that's a pretty good life.
1: Yeah, you know? <laughs> I agree. it's so important. And that's what I was this poor woman I was trying to say is I don't really care what you left. Of course, these numbers. are. Yeah, gonna but there there's no quick, easy answer to this. And you need to listen to stop listening to everybody else and listen to your body.
0: <laughs> yeah, give
1: what it needs.
0: Get what it needs, you know, feed yourself, love yourself, you know, have be around other people who love you, who care about you, that have your well-being, that really care about that. I just, I just think that is just a huge thing. And that's what I try to do with my podcast and through my networking is like I love being somebody that mm-hmm. other people know that I'm really into them. Like I really care about them. Yeah. I want to be a supportive force for them. Somebody who will be I like being an encourager um, yeah. and somebody who is just like I'll be there for you. It may just be, you know, a small phone call or nice message, but I will remember you. I will be around for you. And that like that is that's health to me. That's like the crux of health is is that. And obviously there's all these other components, but that is the thing I think we just overlook. Like, I don't know, it's like deeply ingrained into us as human beings, but we deny it a lot of times
1: yeah I really work hard at at keeping connections like to the today on Facebook I got a message so every I try to like wish people a happy birthday mm-hmm. and i I wrote about this my I was born on my brother's birthday, and I always felt like I didn't have my own birthday, so I yeah. like to acknowledge people's birthdays <laughs> and I got a message from uh, he's a grown man he's married, got a kid now, and he wrote to me and said, Coach Joyce, and this is somebody I coached in hockey as a kid, right and he's a grown yeah. And it's so funny to hear him calling me Coach Joyce, and then um, he wants to get into, I'm not exactly sure. I wrote back and I said, we we got to get on a call, because I'm, I'm not sure what kind of coaching he means if he wants to coach hockey, because I do that, but I also coach people with health. So um, I I probably, all these years, wish him a happy birthday every year. Maybe that's the only communication I've had, but he knew I didn't forget him. Yeah, And that's today you know, he reached out. So I was so glad those like little things that those little connections you make that it's you might not think it's enough is enough to keep the thread, you know, to keep the connection going. And those are your loose or looser ties. I think um, David Berkus talks about that, your weak ties or loose ties. Mm. You never know. Um, sometimes those are stronger uh, networking connections
0: interesting I hadn't heard about it that way kind of those yeah. looser ties or some of your stronger ones I... yeah
1: David Berkus has a he's actually from Groton and I he was on my podcast recently uh-huh. He's. he went to high school with my daughter but he t- he has a book called friend of a friend and so I always whenever I, he posts things and I always say you're a friend of a friend he's you know because I know I, even though I was at his high school graduation I never met him um, Yeah. I know him through my daughter, so yeah, he talks about reaching back to your high school acquaintances or people just a little bit more removed from you, to um, to ask a favor of, or who do you know who could help me, or they might be a better connection for you for you than the ones right in front of you.
0: You know, that's really interesting, and made me think. I recently was on a phone call with. A buddy of mine from high school. I I don't know anybody from high school anymore. Rarely. I mean, I I don't know. It just uh, you know, like a lot of things in life, it kind of fades. You move on. You do different things in life. And he contacted me on LinkedIn, and we ran track together in high school, and we had this wonderful conversation like two weeks ago. We yeah. hadn't talked in like twenty years. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like we just picked back up. Like yeah. nothing had changed. It was just so. Wonderful. And he was in Geneva, Switzerland, and he's talking to me. I'm here in Blaine, Washington. It was just strange, but it was beautifully strange, you know, yeah. and it makes me think like a lot of time, like probably once every couple of months. I keep this big list of people as I meet them. I create this. I'm giving my secret away here. This big <laughs> list of people on my phone on the notes thing. And I just go down that list as I as I meet people and I put a note to like contact them, like at least once a month or once every other month just to say, I was thinking about you. I hope you're doing well today. And then it's funny when you send that out and when they get back to you, they go, wow, that was really nice that you just just said something. You know, it makes me think of that removed connections. Like we're not talking all the time, but when you kind of reach out unexpectedly, there's magic in that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, another thing I learned from David just because I thought it might be interesting to you is he calls it um, three degrees of influence. Hmm. And what he said science and he's a he's a professor at Or Roberts and he's a researcher. Um so anyway, he told me that three degrees of separation from you will influence will have is there's, there's a direct correlation to your s- state of health. Hmm. Um, people that far removed from you.
0: I have never heard of that. Yeah. That is uh, what. What is the? So what's the basis that like they're, they're having a bigger uh, impact on your state of health? Why? What is the?
1: That's the question. I think my gut says maybe cultural. You know, so people tend to flock in the same communities. So people mm-hmm. who live in you know, New England or who, you know, my, my connection. So, um, you know, if it's people related to me, it could be partly genetics, but just Hmm. friends of a friends of a friend um, will, will correlate with your state of health, whether, you know, you eat well, smoke, sleep well, you know, all the things that factor into your health um, are influenced that far out. That's pretty
0: fascinating. I actually, I got to check this out because that's, um, I don't think I've heard that before. Yeah. Um, I think I just kind of think about in the context of, all right, I'm doing stuff and I talk to people who maybe I'm removed from that don't have regular conversation. But, um, when I do contact them, there's something that swirls around when that happens. I'm just not sure what that is completely, you know?
1: Yeah. David described it in a way that was, um, I think he tied it into the influence of whether you got a raise at your job or something. He had a way of kind of making it uh, in context, making it see how much of an influence it is. Um, So, it it, but it's based on some science and research that he's Mm -hmm. he's uncovered and um i don't know he might be doing more of his own i'm not sure Or maybe he's writing a book on it i don't know he wouldn't tell me all the secrets (laughs) uh he'd be a good person he's the one to ask about it because that's yeah Yeah. i would
0: love to chat with this person and uh read more about it
1: he's all over linkedin he does a daily he does his daily Burke, where he gives little tips he calls it the daily Burke. he used to do a podcast now he's into this other other method of uh of helping people but
0: Wow, that's amazing. That's, yeah, yeah. Well, Joyce, you're, um, you're full of wisdom and full of goodness and, uh, and mm-hmm. joy. I, I sensed that from you, and I sensed it the moment we spoke the first time. And I sensed it when I was on uh, one of your podcasts, and I sense it now. And I'm grateful to be associated with you. I want you to know that.
1: Thank you, Darian. I'm so grateful to know you and, you know, in, in a way that when you say, what are the pod, what are you hoping to get with the podcast? And this is really filling some of the gaps in my, my life that I've noticed, you know, even though I don't want to be you know, necessarily married or in a relationship, I get lonely. And so mm-hmm. when I get to have these connections that are real, that there's an, a real exchange of the heart and you really want to get to know me and you're, allow yourself to be vulnerable so I can get to know you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just that it's just a connection at the heart, another human being. And um, it means a lot to me.
0: He must be like the best grandma. He must I'm, be like.
1: I'm a kick ass use... grandma. I'm a right? kick ass right? Yeah. I mean, how they... many memes take your kid to take your grandkids out to play hockey and coach them? I even went to ballet with my granddaughter the other day and I was take your grandmother to ballet, but I wasn't <laughs> with my grandmother there. So I'm doing all these plies and demis and
0: <laughs> grandma has a podcast too, like like three podcasts and TV shows. Like, you know, it's just uh it's highly I, abnormal, I, I but I love have, it.
1: I even have a TikTok account. I am
0: have... <laughs> You're on top of stuff. Man. <laughs> wow. What a wonderful person. What a wonderful time. I think it's a good uh, wrap-up point here. I'm just um, so happy we got to talk, and I look forward to more discussions with you, Joyce. I really enjoy speaking with you.
1: Absolutely. If there's anything you need from me or anything we can do together to help other people, I'm in.
0: Definitely. Thank you so much, Joyce. Have a wonderful day.
1: Bye. Bye Bye-bye.